I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and in today's episode, I got to chat with one of my long-time mentors from afar, Mr. Eric Dalton. He is a legend in the world of manual therapy, massage therapy, maybe possibly combining psychology along with that. He is the writer of multiple textbooks. He is the holder of fancy degree in clinical psychology and philosophy, and was one of the original folks to study rolfing with Ida P. Rolf. He lives out in Costa Rica where he has workshops and courses and has just really put his life together in a really cool way and uh, got a lot of respect for this man. So really fun conversation in today's episode. We chatted about psychology and its relation to our physical structure. We got into fear and the amygdala. We got into uh, all sorts of really fun stuff. But he just kind of worked his way into a job that he loves. You know what I mean? It's not something so he goes, I'm going to do this because I want to have a Porsche. You know, I don't do this. I don't care if I make any money. I love this. And you know, you can work your way into the, the what you're supposed to be, you know, by doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let yourself, let you have the control. Thank you so much for jumping onto the website to check out all the hundreds of free videos we have on self-care functional movement. Uh, we got the self-care kit, hollow foam roller inside, two different size balls and band uh, with the door anchor and comes along with the video ebook guide on how to use that little sucker. Keep that tissue moving, sexy and smooth for the rest of your life. And por favor, if you can jump onto the site and bookmark the Amazon link. And every time you use Amazon, if you could do me the favor, which will cost you absolutely nothing at all, and purchase it through that link, I will get a fraction of your purchase. It's somewhere between like five to 10%. And that would be great. It is a way for you to support this podcast and what we're doing here, and it will cost you absolutely nothing, which is just, just great. And you don't even really need to think about it. A uh, little quote that I have. I think this quote comes from Krista Tippett. I'm not positive if it's hers or not. I've heard her say it. And uh, it's something that I think is really important for us to ponder upon. And it is be kind because everyone that you meet is fighting a large, large battle. And what we don't recognize, I think, sometimes we see someone with, you know, maybe they with money, or maybe they're maybe they're just a jerk, or maybe whatever it is. And it's easy to write people off and not recognize what they could potentially be internally battling with. And I think that all of us have dark places that we can go. And I think that is one of the uh, integrating qualities of humanity is that we're all gonna die. We all take dumps and uh, we all experience some darkness in ourselves. And so really uh, quieting down enough to uh, really hear what people are saying when they might just perceive them as just being a jerk. Anywho, um, thank you, thank you, thank you again for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you appreciating this, and I hope it is serving you. Uh, let me know in comments. Uh, por favor, utilize the iTunes review option. That is so, so crucially helpful. Another thing, again, you can do if you appreciate this. Give back to the show by telling a friend, um, writing reviews. I like, I have actually cried uh, several times with reviews. So it really, really, honest to God, means a ton to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gracias, danke. Thank you in other languages. Here we go. Back to the shizzy with Mr. Eric D. Align podcast. 
How's Let me life? Take a look at your. Let me see your studio there. Welcome to a live therapy. All right. So. So why why do you, why do you have the the mic up? Because. Uh, because you shoot I, from I, you shoot from above. I'm standing, so I have. So I can show you the. Whole ah, thing. much better. I can kind of show you the setup ish if I kind of pull things. Ah, whatever. So That's you, I got like a bunch of books, and you're on a bookshelf right now, is where the the computer is. And then I got the mic onto the side of the shelf there. It's clipped onto the side there, which is nice. And then I got the, you'll dig the space, I think. Um, I got stall bars, a bunch of mirrors I find to be important. I do Olympic, I have Olympic weight set up. I have kettlebells, steps to get people moving around. I have ashiatsu bars, ropes to people to climb. The whole thing is getting outside of just passive body work, unless that's what right. they need. If they're so wired that they just need right. to learn how to chill, then we'll do right. some passive work. But it's, it's, ha it's being able to dance fluently right. between that's what yeah, we I've do watched here. all your videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. cool. Thanks. Man. It's a good site. Yeah, it's a very good site. Appreciate hey, uh, yeah, but you need to figure out how to promote those things more. You know, you need to get more hits. You should be getting a fuckload of hits, man. I know. Well, some... you're handsome. You got all the shit going for you. You I know what? It. Also, you need to keep include a lot, and without making it phony, yeah, is the is the is the wiggle work. I mean, the independence. Uh, you know, <clears throat> independence of, of movement that you have <clears throat> is is rare for a big guy you know right. what i mean cool. a muscle up guy don't have that that very much so you don't really see it much so that, it's man. and, and, and that's and that i'm recording right now by the way not to say that we're going to use it oh, you stuff. are no no no, oh. no 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 not to say that we i record everything because i don't i don't i don't like like the 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 bullshit like welcome to the show i just i like organic okay. conversation that's kind of the way the way right. that i prefer it um so just prefacing with that okay well just keep the fucks in okay right, right, right. <laughs> Right, good. Just as long as we keep the fucks in, I'm fine. Dude, that is hilarious. You have a Look at this. I got a bee bothering me that's right a now. That's a, we have to use this video now because it looks like it's like special, special effects. Like <laughs> a live therapy is coming up. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. One of the things that you had. So I have like whenever I do uh, discussions with people, I have like notes and I do tons of research. I have all these things. One of the main things I wanted to talk to you about was the relationship of psychology. And how you, so you studied, at the, was it the, the Menninger Clinic? Menninger, yeah, I went to Menninger. Well, I went and, to the University of Oklahoma and, with my background, but then went to Menninger's to uh, study with Elmer Green and biofeedback because it was, you know, kind of raw and new. And he'd just come from the University of Chicago. It was a head of the physics department. And in the physics department, they had his graduate students, did one of them did some sort of experiment where metaphysics, excuse me, and physics come together. And when that happened, he changed his whole mind. And by, and they heard about it at Menninger's and hired him on to be the, you know, strict, triple, triple blind back then. Triple blind, he didn't want to talk about anything that wasn't triple blind. And then all of a right. sudden, here he is at all this metaphysics and get Swami Rama from India to come down from the mountain to hook him up with all electroencephalograph stuff and see if he could really drop his brain waves from, cool. say, beta to delta over, you know, instantly. And he was the one that was on the cover of Time magazine that, uh, that proved that in delta sleep, when surgeons are, are working on you, that you were still there. And uh, changed mm -hmm. uh, medicine forever. Oh, I dropped that suture. I dropped that, uh, that uh, you know, right. that quit. That stopped after his uh, discovery with Swami Rama, with a, a meditator. And so that's one of the biggest things that I find. I mean, it's, it's amazing working with clients and at this day and age, I think. I happen to be just slipping into reality at a time that people are actually accepting metaphysics and physics and as being like, yeah, both of them are important, you know, and so with talking to clients in relation to how our physical posture is a representation of how we're feeling at an emotional level, people are like, yeah, you know, that, yeah, that kind of makes sense. This forward head posture and yeah. hyperkyphosis and rolled shoulders and all that. So it's like, that does feel kind of depressed. That's right. You know, it's a lot of people still don't agree with that, though. A lot of the new, new people. It's changing. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to get that, that thing. It's such a, it's to me, such a, a basic thing, you know. I mean, you, you know, we go into that state uh, when we're not feeling good, you know. Right. Yeah, I saw that, that there's a great TED Talks about that. And before she does an interview, she talks about her whole history. And she did an interview way overhead with people that she really wasn't expecting to get the job. So she decided she was going to fake it until she became it. You ever right. see that? Fake yeah, it yeah. until you become it. Yeah, so Amy she Cuddy. got her chest all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got her chest all up and came in and 
did a good job and she was scared to crapless, yeah. but it worked. And so I'm curious with you, with like when you were studying psychology and, and at the, the manager institute or clinic yeah. and such and like, and then uh-huh. entering into hands-on body work, was that something, did that immediately click that like, wow, this is, I'm working with kind of a similar thing or was, how was that transition of, of combining those two philosophy and psychology and body? Um, well, you know, first of all, I'd never have thought of myself as kinesthetic. You know, you know the people, you the people that come walk by you, and they've got this, you know, their, their hands kind of drape on you, and you know this person's going to be a good body work, right. yeah, body worker. And, you know, some people in my classes, you know, they've had so little training, and they're so good because they have what I call innate kinesthetic palpatory awareness. Right. It's something that you don't. It's in the genes, more or less. You know, it can be learned, but it's in the genes. And the way you learn it is by really slowing down, doing the Moshe Feldenkrais thing, except with body work, you know, right. you slow the way to crap down. That's why trigger point therapy, I don't care if a trigger point therapy doesn't work. I don't, you know, I've never been a big trigger point fan, big deal. You know, that's, that's not the point. The point is it makes you slow down, yeah. you know, uh, slower you go, deeper you go, as Tom Meyer's always saying, and that's, uh, you know, that, that's real important. So for my integration, you know, it was, it was tough because I was not kinesthetic and I really didn't, uh, feel like touching bodies. I was afraid, you know, somebody would uh, be on their stomach and I'd see a big hairy mole on their back and I'd go, ooh, I'm not touching that. You right. know, that kind, of, right. <laughs> that kind of thing. But you know what? And so he said, oh, the, the Rolfer, to get, he said, you just get in massage school and just see. And I go, I never want to do massage. He goes, just try it for me. If you don't like it, I will get off your back about this. And uh, I swear to God, it wasn't three days. I was so hooked. I could not even believe it. And I didn't have confidence. I never had confidence. Even when I went through off institute i thought it was really crappy i was crappy with my hand yeah. took a long time actually after i fractured my neck in a judo fall in 89 and started going to uh uh michigan state and doing the uh the, the uh muscle energy type stuff and the things the osteopaths do that's when i really started to, to have confidence in what i did cool and so yeah. Yeah, something as far as for for folks listening that aren't necessarily like, I don't really care about body work or massage. Like, I don't have any intentions of doing that. So things like, you know, trigger point or what have you. It's like something how how this can relate to anybody and everybody is I think that when we're working with someone on a table or, or wherever, you know, whatever the medium is, what we're doing is we're communicating with their nervous system. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's my nervous system is dancing with your nervous system. Right. The exact same thing is happening anytime you're trying to sell a car, anytime you're trying, you right. know, you're creating a relationship with someone, you want to kiss the girl, you know, whatever it is, when you're getting some shoulder to release or neck to, you know, what, what have you, what you're doing is you're convincing it through making it awareness. feel safe. Yeah. And awareness, right. you know, and awareness being able to say awareness like, to the area. Right. Yeah, I think Diane Jacobs uh, really said it great. I quoted her in my in an article I wrote about the first uh, San Diego Pain Summit uh, last year, I guess. Uh, the, the critter brains are talking to each other. Right. When we're in a situation like that, the critter brains are talking. The right. limbic system. I'm gonna, I'm writing an article now about limbic limbic massage. Hmm. And basically, you know, the prefrontal cortex is great because it comes in and it scolds. You know, it's a good thing we have it because we would really do stupid crap and all, everything. But it kind of governs. It slaps the limbic system down. But the limbic system, Elmer Green used to say, the limbic system is running the whole show. It's recording everything and it just sends whatever information the prefrontal cortex it thinks it can handle. And so when, like you say, body work, movement, any personal training, yoga, all of that is awareness, you know, it's just bringing body awareness. But, you know, if you don't tap into that, if you're, if you're intent, if you're thinking about what you're doing, like when I'm practicing drums, if I'm doing, right. you know, uh, observing, I'm, 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 oh, my wrist shouldn't be moving like that. That's, those are external cues. Yeah. And external cueing doesn't really work like internal cueing. Internal cueing is like, what would it look like if I did this, 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 this role? What would it look like rather than, now, if I move this hand like this, I can't get it to do what I want. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah, this is the same. This, there was a, there was a study where they had people. Uh, I believe they were like picking up a dumbbell, and so they had one the one group of people. They had they wanted them to focus all their energy on the mechanics of the movement, right? So flexion at the elbow and really getting in and focusing in on that. And then they had the other group of people say, 
I just want you to pick the hell out of that dumbbell. I want you to focus on just getting it up there. And what they found was that the people that ended up focusing on the joint and the structure and the mechanics and the science of it, they suck and they worked harder to suck, right? Yeah. And the person that just said, I'm going in, you know, that person, they did it flawlessly. They, they allowed their, you know, their, you could call it limbic animal brain, what have you, right. to take over and have at it. You know, that's something right. that we're, I think we're, we're, we're starting to miss. We're getting it back. But yeah, you, know. you talk about that on your, some of your, your videos, which I, I want to encourage people to get on your website and, and look at those. They're damn free. I can't believe it. It's great. But, uh, but the tray, I really like that one, by the way, the, the, uh, the low back one with the dumbbell on the back, how that rolling motion across there. You talk about bringing awareness to, to you, you know, to, to, for me, I always think I'm, I'm into joint neurology. I mean, that's really where I fell in love with that, and I'm still there. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, to, to me, the brain is. Uh, uh, is more interested in what's closest to the spinal cord because that's what it's the multifidus and the intertransversary eye and the later costalis and uh, all of those muscles that are buried in there. Philip Green used to call them dynamic ligaments because all they are is telling the brain where it is in space or proprioceptors and, and that stuff, the brain really wants to know what's going on with that, that stuff. And, and so I think it's important. I think joint neurology is important, and I know it's kind of taking a beating right now. There's something else. Oh, yeah, what you talk about on one of those videos about aging. Yeah. You know how, oh, you know, you get yourself, you expect yourself to be in that posture, and you expect yourself to be in confines. You put yourself in confines. Well, you're, you're talking about living in a round world, which right. is a Moshe Feldenkrais thing, too. You know, Moshi was a, Ida Roth and them had, a, Ida Roth and Moshi were dear friends. I had a thing I put on Facebook about that. By the way, join my Dalton Myoskeletal Therapy Facebook page. Uh, uh, it's, uh, we got 70,000 friends on there. Is something feeding back? Do you hear, or is that, no, it might be outside. I thought that was Babylonian locusts coming and taking over Costa Rica. Yeah, it could be. It yeah. could be. <laughs> anyway, the, um, I don't remember I was going with the aging thing, but, uh, just something in relation to round corners and Moshe Feldenkrais. Yeah, right, as we, right, we right, 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 right. Oh, yeah. Let me, tell, let me just say this one thing since yeah. I forgot that one deal. Yeah, yeah, no okay, worries. so Moshe and, uh, and Ida, <laughs> dear friends. And so uh, so they were always complaining to each other about each other's work in their own sweet way. And uh, finally they said, okay, I'll roth you and you can do the the, the, the – uh, the series, the movement series on me, and uh, and we'll just see what, what what it's like. There's no better way than to really experience it. And uh, and he goes, okay. And he goes, well, let me go first. I just said, of course, you know. So she gave him the ten sessions, and he goes, okay, that that wasn't bad, but you know, now we need to 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 round out the body with what I'm going to do. And she goes, no, I don't want to learn. I don't want to know what you're what you're doing. Never never did it. So I don't know, maybe it's because she just cantankerous and stubborn, but uh, but I know she included Roth movement. Do you take any of that? Uh, kind of, sort of ish, a little bit, not like the full right. the the full full bag Either. of bag of kittens. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, I, <laughs> just through through. I mean, I've I've taken some some Alexander classes. I've taken some Feldman. Oh, I love I've Alexander. Taken, you know, I. But the interesting thing that I. I feel that with in the world of uh, structural integration, I think that things like Olympic weightlifting, things like gymnastic, things like ballet, things like yoga, things like there's all of these different movement modalities that are just hanging there on the table, you know. And it's like people, it's like you know, it's like let's do like fascial fitness. You know, Robert Schleip created that. And it's like I, I I love Robert Schleip. You know, it's like but. I think that we can still almost we can reduce down into saying like, well, I'm clever. We're going to focus on the fascia. That's not reductionist. It's still reductionist. It's like the things that aren't reductionist is are you kicking ass? You know, do you know how to throw a strong kick, throw a punch? Do you know how to jump really high? Do you know how to land? That's fascial fitness. You know? exactly. <laughs> I like I like that he brought to the attention pre-movement though. Right. Pre-movement is really a very important thing, and and that's one thing that, that you know I know when when I was doing qigong that uh, once Robert said that actually at a conference conference I go you know what that's that's my, my qigong you know it's a, it's a lot of pre-movement you know you yeah. do a certain thing before you go and then back to Milton you know Traeger I mean that that whole upper cervical complex the head guiding it with proprioceptors from brainstem etc and same thing Moshi Moshi is a big fan of that too 
that is so I'm so into that the the head leading everything you know uh-huh. matter of fact when I walk now if you you, you into Amy Schumer at all inside Amy Schumer you ever see any of that stuff I, yeah I know the name not, not, I'll she's, you got to watch her stuff she's yeah. nasty but she's one of the brightest people that's come along in comedy for decades and decades uh-huh. I love her but anyway she got a TV show called Inside Amy Schumer and, okay. and at the very and she walks in it in the very beginning watch her walk she's got the walk that i really love now that i've been working on a lot and it's oa side side being as the oa comes to i don't want to talk technical so maybe i shouldn't get into that but it's a certain walk guided by the uh by the head the upper cervical complex which melton traeger was into and i and she's the best representation i'm filming it copying it i've sent her a request to see if i could use it in my workshop yeah right yeah, that's so. With with working with clients, one of the things that we'll uh, talk about is as you're moving forward. And I actually, I got I, I got this from uh, Rolfing Rolf School. Uh, but as you're moving forward, do you have the tendency of moving down, like most people, right? Or do you have the tendency of moving up towards the ceiling? Or exactly. are you able to move forward completely balanced? You know, and right. so what that ends up looking like is as you're coming forward, your head and your chest and your body, it's almost like one woof, wave is coming in, as right. opposed to that wave is drilling into the ground. Is that kind of something? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they use the uh, example in the Rolf Institute of uh, Fred Astaire versus Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, when they're both jumping, they've got pictures of them side by side, and it looks like Fred Astaire is going into the sky. I mean, he's lifting, 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 and even though Gene Kelly was a very great dancer, he was a muscular dancer, and he was confined. His jumps were muscular. It was more, you know, it wasn't that lift, that that helium balloon on the top of the head kind of thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I like those exercises you do on, on, were were you ever a dancer? I uh, d- dance a lot. I did ballet last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it kind of reminded me of that when I was watching a couple of your things where you're doing those, uh, uh, that, uh, what you were just described, moving forward, one foot in front, one foot in back, in line, those right. in line moves you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the whole, that's, that's kind of what I would like to see spread through the world is it's okay to dance through your reality. You know, and there's a, the, the big thing is there's a lot of people that were concerned with the judgment of others. It, me as a man, for me to be willing to move elegantly, you know, it's like queer, you know, you're queer. It's like, well, I can also throw a pretty strong kick, you know, and, 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 and the fact of the matter is, is dance and martial arts are the same thing with different, yep. different end goals. Yeah. You know, I love dance. I love all kinds of dance. It's, I was a tap dancer for 13 years, started when I was five, nice. and my sister was three. Oh. Yeah, but I, we did the, the back then, they really danced. It was hard dance, like this Fred Astaire type stuff. I never did much of the ballroom. My mother was an Arthur Murray ball, a ballroom teacher, so I grew up having to stand there looking at my friends playing softball out in the thing. Well, out there, she goes, no, foxtrot first. Right. Oh, I got to up with my mom there. Right. Now I wish I, now I wish I'd learned the stupid thing. Could you could you break down like what I, I think pre the concept of pre movement is interesting and I bet you there's maybe point zero one percent people that know what that is or could be. I don't know. Robert Schleib describes it best, but it, it's a movement back. Like if you're throwing a ball, you have a move back. You go into you know thoracic extension before you start moving forward. There's a I'm really into professional basketball guy, and, uh, and you watch a lot of the big men, uh, Kendricks Perkins, who was uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder for a while. But anyway, a lot of the great players, as they come to a stop, they'll let their bodies go ahead and drift forward, uh. so that when they, you know, after the, the somebody's made it down at the other, so that they can spring back off that. You know what right. it does basically exactly. is tighten all your tissue, tightens all the tendons, it it uh, it loads all of your tendons ground reaction force starts to take over and allows you to spring back you know you're just using like you're saying using your elastic uh spring system you know i love that uh i've been teaching this for a long time the the uh the what uh vlimming called the 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 uh, spiral um sling systems we have a little bit different version of the spring systems but anyway yeah they're they're real important you can map them yeah, and so for thoracic extension is, is essentially just when your back, your mid back area is coming yeah, backward yeah, yeah, for first. Yeah, yeah you just kind of you know, but you're using it's coming from the whole body, you know. Right. Obviously, you know, like you're throwing a ball, you know, the last piece is the 
the whipping action of the hand, you know, but you the people that throw from their arm, you know, just back to the core thing. By the way, you know, even though we talk about round body, back to that round body thing, it's still, I believe, in a tight core. I of love course. the tight core, the tighter, and I think I could pick that up from you, too, which you were cool. kind of saying the same thing with the inline movements. That's a, you know, because that, Moshe Feldenkrais is, is, talks about how you, should, should you be standing on your, uh, how should you be standing, heels down? He says it's all about reversibility. Yeah. Can you easily reverse that position? How do you step back? That's how to tell if you're in a, a balanced stance. Most people think, oh, yeah, I'm on my heels, got a little bit of heel, got a little bit of ball. Now I'm there. No, you're not there. Right. Try stepping back. Try stepping sideways. But you have to have a, re a reversibility. You have to be able to reverse any motion that, that you're in easily and that's right. where you're most balanced and there, so the round body but to have that you have to have a tight core which is what Ida Rolf always talked about yeah. in other words if you look at Michael Jordan one of the greatest movement people in the world internally rotated femurs huge gluteus medius muscles in his hips you can see him sticking out on the side internal rotation pulls the core into the middle yeah. and so you have much more back and forth and if you watch professional uh, jump rope people you know mm -hmm. they're they're internally rotated they're coming off like that you know they're coming with the toes toes facing in yeah, yeah exactly. much more, much, much tighter core that way. What that permits is it permits you to be able to load the spring system and take the slack out of your hip joint. If you're already blown out and your feet, you walk around the world like a right. duck. You're already right. a you're pro, right. you're dropping your your feet, so you end up exactly. pronating your feet. Then you're putting pressure in the inside of your 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 whole knee. Your knees dropping in, and you're taking any of that tension that you could have created throughout the hip, ends up getting dumped out. You know so. Right. I, I'm, yeah, thanks for mentioning lose it that. On the, you lose that on the way up the chain. You lose it, like you say, you can lose it in the feet because, you know, you don't have the, uh, you know, you don't load the system. You don't load, load the load feet the good system. enough. And, of course, most of our, our feet are so messed up from shoes, we don't really have that spring in there, but we can regain them. I like mini trampolines. I love mini trampolines. I've, I just brought mine over here again, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but I, every day I do that. That's my seven day a week thing. I swim every day and I do mini trampoline and I've got a routine that I do, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're really helpful for that. Being able to internally rotate and load that, that system without right. hurting some of the structures while you're doing it. And then it's like you said, with, with keeping the midsection strong, stable, supportive, mm -hmm. if you support the midsection, then that permits mobility of the appendages. If you end up letting the midsection go, it's like you can, I borrowed this analogy from Dr. Stuart McGill, which is coming on. Who's he's the man in the realm of spinal, anything. And, right. uh, he, uh, the, the analogy that I got from is, uh, using, like think of like a backhoe, right? If they're picking up something heavy, then they have that little arm thing that like connects down on the ground to support the extending arm that's coming up and picking something really heavy up. Right. Right. So if you don't have that midsection support, something to be able to lever off of, then you're going to be weak. You know, you might right. move really funny and be able to do all sorts of interesting movement, which is great, right. but you're not going to be able to really produce a lot of power output. Right. Right. Do you have you already shot uh, filmed the uh, uh, McGill thing? No, no. He's uh, coming on like like two. Oh, uh, he's ahead. a sweetheart. Yeah, he can tell you about his. You know, he's he's like I am. You know, preaches a good good game, but he ended up messing up his hip and having to have a replacement. And you know, I've, right. I messed up my knees doing stupid things. You know, right. and then you know. In the health club mainly, like you yeah. said, you know, anytime you're supporting yourself in the health club doing those man-made machines, right? you know, but that's what everybody did back then. So at what point is, is surgery okay? Because I think that we have, it's, it's, it's a lot of people, it's like, you know, the older perspective perhaps is like, we'll save anything with surgery. Now there's a lot of people like, never do surgery. It's like, where's the balance with that? I don't think there's a an, an clear-cut answer to that because, you know, I, I, I pride myself on being able to be a really good diagnostician, you know, like a medical-type diagnostician. I love to read every MRI. Philip Green used to say, listen, I don't care what, what you're doing. If you're a massage therapist, you still need to know the language. The best way to know the language is look at all of the, 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 the radiology stuff, learn all the words, understand exactly what they're saying. You can't communicate with these people. They'll send you some ends. So they go, well, they got a unilateral spondylitis and at, at L5 and da -da, immediately too that should tell you something that should tell you they don't go on their stomach they got right. spinal illicitis are cracking right. you know you put downward pressure you're going to crack it and if you don't understand some terminology spinal stenosis I don't like to put my stenotics on their, their uh, belly at first because you know it starts to put a little bit more uh, 
pressure on the cord, and uh, it can, you know, until you get them, get them more mobile. But anyway, yeah, um, Stuart McGill is a master of that. He, I, I went to a, uh, a thing with him at Stanford. He and Gray Cook, a day-long debate a couple of years ago. Nice. Yeah, oh, in the videos. God. Yeah, the videos. Oh, They're amazing. Yeah. Those two. Oh, I'd never, I never. I just really came out loving McGill. I already liked Gray, but I came out really loving McGill. Yeah, cool. So another thing that, that um, I was reading, looking into to some of Janda's, uh, Vladimir Janda's work, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things that he mentions that I really like, essentially, is like as as below, as above, so below, right? And so it, what he, I wrote down the quote. Actually, I think I'm pretty sure I missed. I didn't write it out exactly how it is, but change in statics or dynamics of the lower distal yeah, trunk yeah. slash extremities will be mirrored somehow in the upper complex. So right. whatever you're Just looking what at you're above, saying. you're going to see it down below. Right. <laughs> that's an ascending syndrome, but same way down, coming down. What about an O? And I know we don't want to talk about too much technical stuff, but a head that's cocked. If you see people, which I am because I fractured my neck, but, mm. but if when the eyes are not sitting straight, you know, the OA or something with the OA, well, that can cause descending syndromes going down because of the mechanics and it'll affect, you know, uh, pelvic balance, stuff like that. The goal of myoskeletal alignment, what we do is we try to level the head. In other words, the, the base of the skull on the first cervical vertebra where, where the brainstem has something really fun to sit on all day long and play on, where it can level the eyes against the horizon. It's not always having to throw static noise into the nervous system going, you know what, it's, I, this is cool, but I'm just not sitting straight. I don't really like that. I'm not seeing it like I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it exactly level against the horizon. The sacral base, the spine likes to have a, a, something level to sit on. That platform needs to be there. The writing reflex, I just wrote an article from Massage and Body Work. Uh, I guess that was just released already. And, uh, um, and it's on the writing reflexes that Melchie Feldenkrais talked about, how the, the body, you know, the lumbar writing reflex, the thoracic writing reflex. We always think of just the, the eye, the writing reflex of the eyes. But it happens all the way since it, through the nervous system, through the spinal cord. Doesn't really, the brain doesn't really get that affected by it. It's a reflex happening at the cord. And so the, the riding reflex being, correct me if I'm wrong, but the riding reflex being essentially that your eyes want to be exactly. facing upward. You're not going to, so if your neck is in a funny position, you're going to figure Absolutely. out how to get your head facing straight. And Absolutely. then you're going to compensate the rest of the system to make that happen. Absolutely. A funny thing is, uh, uh, I was talking to my wife about this. I was going, you know, do, do, do people... Do people bend down? Do, do people look down because they are bent over, or are they bent over because they look down? Because when your eyes go down, when they're looking down, that it fires your flexor muscles in the front. There, it's all tied in through the optic nerve. It fires your, fires your flexor muscles, so that starts bending you over. They, you know, you, I got to always keep those eyes up. You know, keep them up because that fires your extensor muscles. So you know the huh. the That's that cool. paradigm about that about uh, eyes up, eyes down. It, it's real important. I've got my computer screen, not this one, but when I use my regular computer, it's up on a thing, so I'm looking up at it. My eyes are, are, are up, looking up. And uh, I think people have got to sit at a computer, which I do have to sit at a computer. Yeah. I think it's a good idea to get it up there, at least at eye level. Yeah, so if people, I mean, people can do this now. If they put their hands back behind around their, their suboccipital ridge and you put it back around those muscles in the, the base of your skull there and just look up. You'll exactly. see, you'll see you'll all that musculature <clears throat> through your eyes is, is actually connected, you know, uh, neurons right. that fire together, wire together, you know, and so you right. can feel that connection there just through the movement right. of your eyes. So I like right. what you just said with going back into extensors being just the, the muscles in your back, you know, it's always like fire the rhomboids, fire, you know, we got to bring them back, back, you know, it's like, well, I don't think I hear too many people talking about how your vision affects that. Yeah, so that's I absolutely I like that man. Yep. Is, is that is there anything else in the also like, the same thing like you that? were asking me earlier about TMJ and, we, and that, that that's a perfect example too because you know you start getting that head going forward and uh, you know it could be neck forward on shoulders whatever but one, at the very end the head has to adjust to the top cervical vertebrae and the occiput which is the OA joint so it has to cock back and of course that compresses all of those structures back behind there the posterior occipital lanal membrane where that where all the neurovascular structures come on it starts to compress that stuff which the brain stem the brain really hates that the jaw hates it because all of a sudden the the head's going forward and the jaw doesn't even belong to this myotome it forms out of the myotome of the heart so that's why when you get a tooth infection it sometimes give you a heart disease because 
because it's, they're all in the same system. The myotomes it forms in a different myotome. Anyway, the head goes forward, the cranium goes forward, and the jaw doesn't necessarily come back. If the hyoids, all those muscles below your jaw, are tight, they start to restrain it back, which crams the jaw into the man, mandibular condyles into the fossa, and uh, that's where you know we get a lot of the TMJ and and uh, biting uh, at night. You know the gnawing and grinding. So, so my my question with this is because I'm not smart enough to be able to go, you know, overly deep into as much as we've got, you know, there's there, you can go so myopic into this. It's a lot easier in my, my simple mind to think of like, how how does this, all these different specific dysfunctions, like, is it chicken or the egg? Like, how does that, how does that affect the way that we feel or is the way that we feel affect all of a sudden the OA joint or like do you have any sense sure. on that? Absolutely. Well, it's about right back to what we were talking about a while ago. You know, how you feel. You're going to be straighter if you feel better about yourself. You're going to be up more upright if you're moving in, you know, thinking in the circle, moving out and beyond the box that we're sitting in. Just uh, doing what you're doing right now, standing up instead of sitting down. You right. know, try to you talk about that a lot on your videos, you know. Always do things that you're like you say, you know, even though I'm teaching up here, you all are sitting down. I'm working. I'm trying to learn something new. Well, I'm the same way. I'm always trying to learn. It drives my wife crazy because I'm in the pool and I've got this thing that I'm getting ready to make a video on. It's called snorkel rehab, which I think is the best rehab in the world. Because you're out of gravity and I've got I've got this new, there's a new face that this Frenchman, a mask this Frenchman invented. I got the first one, the prototype in the United States, and now you can buy them on Amazon for like seventy nine dollars. But y'all they're fat. Fabulous. There's 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 snorkel, but yeah. you know, I don't go underwater anyway with just my head. And then I wear the the paddles on my hands and and fins. And you just talk about a variety of movement patterns in the water. And you know, so I'm just constantly trying to learn something right. all the time. I mean, it's it, I mean that you know that's the only thing I hate, hate, hated about and I want to say hate about teaching. You know, I got into teaching because I, I because. I thought I'd forget it, and I was. I was forgetting I'd go take all these courses, spend all this money, and I'd come home and I'd forget most of it, 90% of it. I'm not really, my brain is not really good at that, learning my daughter and my wife are great. I'm not very good at that. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but so anyway, I started teaching, and then I regretted after a few years. I go, God, this is not as much fun. I want to go learn. You know, I mean, yeah, you learn when you teach. You learn from the people in class, but, you know, just going out there or doing what you're doing, so in Costa Rica, I decided, well, I'll start bringing uh, people over there. Like I brought Tom Myers uh, once or twice and Aaron Mattis and James Waslowski a few times, David Kent. Cool. And that was good because you not only have the camaraderie, but you learn from them. You start stealing stuff and exactly. using it and telling them when they're not around you, tell them you invented it. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what well, that's, I do. Right. Yeah. I, I, that. I Well, that's one of the coolest things about having this podcast is I am hearing so Absolutely. much. So I, I'm absorbing Absolutely. so much. I've absorbed a lot from you. I've absorbed a lot from Tom Myers. I absorbed a lot from everybody that you mentioned. You know, and it's that, like. That's just what I said to it, you when I, we first spoke. I said, You're 28 friggin' years old. You make me so mad. <laughs> you got right out. You're going exactly in the right direction, dude. Okay. You know, some of us, it takes us a long time and we sometimes never go in the right direction. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it's, and it's such it's such a cool thing to have that it's like it's the scarcity of information scarcity of money scare that just that feeling in general right and that's something that i i, I ordered the book uh man against himself which is written by have you read that book by chance no it's a big one it's it's by uh, menninger whatever the guy's first name is so for i, I was oh, looking at the menninger clinic and then i saw that book and i got it yeah, i don't know yeah, and so well, one of the things that it talks about is is uh, self destructiveness, right? And it gets into suicide, and it gets into all sorts of really interesting things, you know. And it's like, I feel like we tend to have kind of like a masochistic perspective on our exercise, on our you know what we deserve, and it's like, I don't know where that. I mean, I have some ideas where that comes from, but it's 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 interesting, you know. It's like I think that we have the potential to get out of this complex of scarcity you know where it's like it's my information okay you know yeah, it's like you. yeah i'm following you it's yeah, like no right, give right. it up man let oh, it go no, man, i learned more when i was poor 
than right. ever any any time. Plus that you know no responsibility. You know that poverty is not a bad thing. However, I just my idol is uh, Dr. Robert Sapolsky. Uh, he was the keynote speaker at this year's San Diego Pain Summit. I've been following him for decades. He's the guy that did all the research with the baboons, the yeah. world's leading researcher on stress. When tw at 22 years old, won the Einstein uh, Genius Award from Harvard. I mean. Incredible guy, and the funniest person on the planet, in my opinion, funniest scientist on the planet. Right. But uh, he talks about that too. He talks about the, you know, how how scarcity in the baboon population, how the hierarchy, the hierarchy. If you start thinking of everything in terms of hierarchy, it makes life so much simpler when you review your life, knowing that everything is hierarchical. Everything. I mean the. I don't think we ought to get in that really. No, but it's a, no, it's a whole other podcast. No, that's. Oh, well, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you one example. Okay, so they're trying to figure out, you know, if SES, uh, SES stands for socioeconomic status, mm -hmm. and it's not what you really are socioeconomically, uh, your, your actual money worth, it's what your perception of your money's worth. Okay, so, uh, so uh, they, they got, what is a perfect experiment we can do? And so finally, there's some bright guy, so why don't we do nuns? They go into a convent, they all live the same life, they eat the same food, they dress exactly alike, so let's catch them before they go in, check their socioeconomic status, how people feel about them at the time, run them through the 10 years, when they, uh, and then do it all again. And it turned out that even though they lived the same thing, that, that for 10 years, when they got out, their perception, people's perception of them, their perception of themselves, their pe people's perception of them was that they still had a higher socioeconomic status. That's a hierarchy that, that stays with you. And he goes, you know, some people are just lucky to be born into a family. Because it turns out, which I was surprised at, is that impoverished people really don't. I always thought, man, pretty good to be broke. You don't have all these responsibilities. It's horrible. It's a horrible nightmare thing to not w wonder where your next meal is coming from or something like that. Man, I tell you what, I stop and give the homeless money now ever at every time I come to this, this stoplight every morning going to my thing because after hearing him I felt so bad about yeah. my whole life <laughs> right well, it, but, well so I mean it's I think it's it's okay it's like no matter where we start off in the socioeconomic chain or what have you if you grew up in America or Ethiopia we all have the option to do the best with what we've got you know, and that's the thing. It's like if you are yeah. born into privilege, there's no reason to feel guilty unless no. you don't do anything with it. You know, and that's, I think, the big thing. It's like no matter where you're at in the spectrum, as long as you push forth, <laughs> I think it's right. fine. You know, but it, I think that's the thing. You could be born into that and still be a complete failure because, you know, you're, you can always feel like, oh, I'm not living up to, to my expectations or what I was given. So, I mean, it's not that you're going to be a better person because you're born into that or anything like that. It's just that people classify you thinking yourself uh, as being that status. And so that ranks you. It's real easy to rank baboons and, and, and things like that. But when you start ranking humans, you know, there's so many strata and different variables. It's very hard. But... Uh, I thought that was, I just think that that's so interesting, you know, reviewing your life and seeing what you came from and how you viewed your friends and what they came from and stuff like that yeah. and see, you know, yeah. how, do, how, how you're doing to get some of those people. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was Sapolsky or no, I think it might have been Sapolsky. I think I got it. Well, everybody should read Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. I, I, yeah, I, I have no affiliation, I, but, and Primate's memoir is great too. Uh, but but one of the, the another studies in relation to that is they were looking at people's uh, cortisol levels and you know, stress hormone and all these various different hormone panels in relation to uh, business environments. You know, so like the head honcho boss guy. You know, they measured right. measured him out versus the guy that's like just punching papers and just right. getting kicked around and all that. And that's exactly what it is. It's it's analogous with the the uh, baboons. You know, and it's like, it, it, and what we end up seeing with that is there's, you're constantly in this stress state, that stress states end up perpetuating itself, creates a feedback loop. And then all of a sudden you get deeper and darker in that hole. Right. You know, it's like, you, how do you get out of, of that? One of the main reasons is lack of control. 
that's you feel it. like you have that's lack it. of control, that's you know, you look at, I'm a big, big NBA fan, yeah. and I just got to working on a guy that I now idolize more than anybody on the planet, and that's Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors coach, uh-huh. that tonight is going to break the record that he set when he was with the Chicago Bulls and played with Michael Jordan. Uh, when they beat Memphis tonight, they will set the record for 73 games, one in a season. That'll never be broken again. That's it. But uh, he's just, I worked on him. Uh, I was in, at the San Diego Pain Summit, and uh, I get in my bag, and I get a call, and it's him on the phone. He'd had a back surgery, and he's having a bunch of problems. And, and he goes, I'm in Oklahoma City. Is there any way you think you we're, we're playing the Thunder tomorrow night? And I go, man, I'm just landed in San Diego. And he goes, well, that's my hometown. Why are you there? And anyway, I went back and ended up working on the guy. But, but um, I don't know where it got into social. Oh, yeah, control. Control. Yeah. Coaches got the stress is amazing, but you do have control. You're a little bit subordinate right. to general manager, a little bit subordinate to owners, but that's the thing. And that is the, the uh, uh, like uh, Sapolsky uses the example of the guy who hates his job. He's got a mailroom job and everything, but on weekends, okay. he's a coach of a, of a softball team and he's very, very good at it. So right. when he talks to people about it, he goes, ah, you know, I just uh, do my work just to uh, put uh, food on the table. My real job is I'm a coach and I'm a softball coach and I'm really good at it. You know That's what I mean? True. Yeah. That's how we design. We, we, whatever our and description so, of ourselves. Yeah. Mind. And so my, in, in, in my uh, ridiculous opinion, I feel as though if we can bring those aspects of control into the highest percentage of our life possible. I'm shooting for 100%. You know, where it's like, and of course, we have no control at all because at any point we get hit by an asteroid or, you know, what have you. But in the, just that, 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 that feeling or illusion of, man, you know, like, I feel like I got this. And being in a job that you disagree with, you know, you fundamentally disagree with what you do for 45 hours a week. That's a exactly. big, big disability on your physiology, on your cells. Yeah, you know, it's like we gotta, we gotta talk about that. You know, it's like how control. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, what can we do, man? It's... Yeah, it's it's tough because people get in, buy into that the the system and think they have to get up out and do exactly you know what their older brother or whatever does, and rather than sometimes the the guy who was just a Kind of like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Saul, um, uh, whatever the name. What about Saul? Uh, I don't know. God, what was the name of that? I just watched it last night. Anyway, uh, the brother that is um, less kind of mess, messed around all his life, messed up a lot in his life, but he just kind of worked his way into a job that he loves. You know what I mean? It's not something. So he goes, "I'm going to do this because I want to have a Porsche." You know. I don't do this. I don't care if I make any money. I love this. And you know, you can work your way into the, the what you're supposed to be, you know, by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let yourself, let you have the control. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. And then that comes into, here's where it all wraps around is, okay, control, control kind of feels like stability. Stability kind of relates to a word that we use a lot with the body too. Maybe there's some impact with the way that you move through the world, that stability and support and also mobility, range of motion, ability to travel and do what you want to do. It's kind of the same thing, I think. When you see somebody that moves really fluidly and move really well, I have a feeling there are some psychological implications there. It's like, huh, that guy, it's not just his skin or just his bone. You know, there's, it's, a, it's bigger. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know which way it goes either. You don't Who know if he, if, he has, if he has that kind of a personality because his body does that or, you don't, you, or, or maybe he has that kind of personality and has developed that, you know. But the main thing is you're getting at is this, he has control. He's, 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 he's managed to, to put his psyche and his body in the same plane, right? you know, and, all together. Yeah. So, Integrated all. Ider Rolf said we, we, we put our hands on the body because it's uh, – or we work with the body because of what we can get our hands on. You know, and so once again, you know, I'm full agreement and I think that we can start to tap into our socioeconomic status or illusion, you know, even if it's, even if it's like an Amy Cuddy thing, it's like make, fake it till you become it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that you can really change that stuff through understanding how to, how to find stack and integration in your body. You know, mm-hmm. could, could you break down or add anything to that or uh, actionable stuff? 
You know, that I like the I like the eye maybe like the eye work or things that people right now listening can be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this today. This is gonna make change my illusion of my socioeconomic status. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what is that the, the chiropractor's name? Eric um, Z Health. Oh, Cobb. He's a buddy of mine. Yeah, yeah. He's love, been on the show too. Yeah. I, I love Eric Cobb's work. He's yeah. really good. And one of my t- teachers, uh, Michelle from New Jersey, uh, is a big student of his. And so she teaches segments on our workshop. But, but it, you know, he's really into the micro movements and the, and the eyes. The, you know, a lot of that Feldenkrais yeah. stuff and the Alexander, a lot of the same things. But yeah. uh, I just like the way he does it. He has, he's got such a sweet personality, you know, and he, he presents it in such a sweet way, you know. Okay, what are you drinking there? That was a different thing. You, you had the whiskey there too? Okay, that was a different container. I'm yeah. starting to wonder about this you. You're getting a little loose some, on that some end. Some local hum kombucha that I mix with some. Oh, I got good. some. Okay. All right, so well, I, I got, got mine mixed too. I got, all right, so you got to check this out. I got, I got, uh, well, this isn't as impressive as, as all the teas. This is pretty simple. But I got mate from Argentina. Then I got some ginkgo biloba that I brought back from Morocco. Mm-hmm. And then we got some kombucha that we got from Bend, Oregon. So that's probably not the most efficient for like, you know, using our resources on Earth. So I apologize for that, but it's pretty cool. It's yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> magical tea guy living too. in the future. Oh, I love all that stuff. I heard tea bags were not so great for you, though. Unfortunately, because I've gotten lazy, I don't do the strainer anymore. I use tea bags, and I hear there's a lot of crap in the tea bags. You ever hear that? It depends if you're the giver, or the receiver, or the tea bag. That you know what a tea bag is. I think about that. <laughs> a tea bag, tea bagging. That's uh, we'll just I'll just allow people to Google search that, and uh, it's when you put your okay. testi- testicles on someone's forehead. Okay, I thought you were going there. I knew you were going there. You are hitting something over there. What the hell? I apologize. Yeah, um, yeah but it's so as as far as. Um, with the with the visual exercises, is there anything yeah. something something that I suggest people do is taking their peripheral vision, you know. So take so really utilizing when you walk into a room, look at the ceiling, uh, feel look at the corners, really you know get yeah. into the whole sense. And then another thing, feel into your back. Imagine you have an eyeball in the back of your neck and it's looking behind you. Right? Do you got any like tricks up your sleeve, little things that you give clients that maybe they're missing that? might help it's okay if you don't well yeah yeah but but you know one another good thing to add to what you were just saying is in the in the horizon looking at things far away you know we evolutionarily uh we're we're raised to look in the you know on the on the plains way away you know right. and uh and we've and we're losing that ability we don't uh have that 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 spaciousness and that defining objects at a distance is something that uh I really, I really like, but you know, I, I, back to the, I think, you know, I think it's just so important to have a good balanced head, um, to keep those eyes where they're ha- happiest. And what is it called? The sarcades? What is that? Sac- I can't ever, can't ever say that word, how the brain actually works, you know, was it, it just compares stuff, how it, how it will tell you the landscape. It's hmm. taking constant pictures. Right. Sac. I can't think of that word. Sarcades or saccharades. I can't ever. I never can pronounce that. Anyway, so sure. it's just taking picture, 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 picture as you slowly move your eyes over. Well, then it has. It's comparing this frame to this frame to this frame instantaneously, hmm. comparing it, and that's how it puts it all together. Hmm. You know, it, obviously, if you you know, there's no other way it could work. It can't just. It's not just filming it across. It's having to compare because it it compares all things. That's what we do in life. All constantly, we compare textures to stuff. You know, the brain is is comparing this to that, and that's how it. Um, you know, this this example of somebody saying they fell off a ladder and it seemed like forever, you know, I felt myself falling forever before I finally fell to the ground, broke my arm. Right. You know why that is? Because uh, it's it's. Go ahead. Yes. I was just, I was just, I was just reading. That's a, a fail. I was, I was just reading about. Um, it's, I, I don't remember. It was something with the release of various different neurotransmitters and something with our, our, our body ends up essentially observing the information more acutely. So if we're yeah. allowing the information to pass by, then it's, it feels a little bit like you know, like normal speed. But when you really get in to what each individual frame, it feels like it's right. longer. Right. Is that wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is a neurotransmitter thing. We, uh, uh, 
we're recording it. This past tense, it's already happened. Yeah. The, when, it, when the brain is, we've already picked it up. Like in fear, for for instance, we're, we're fear. Evil Knievel is a great example. You know, he had an overact. First time he ever ran a stoplight and got that rush of, oh man, that was really cool, speeding up like that. That's when he started to be a daredevil because he had what an overactive amygdala. Amygdala is your fear and uh, and also your aggression, and so. Um, that that you know you see a lot of people that have that have a uh, damaged amygdala and they're you know they're very very fearful of everything and then you you have people like evil Knievel and I've always marveled at those people who just had absolutely no no fear of of of, of stuff. Yeah, I'm very fearful. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean I'm really cautious. I'm very very cautious of uh, you know right. situations. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like being here with you. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got. So we got it. We got to wrap up. Uh, another just really interesting thing that in relation to evil can evil and such. Uh, something else that I was reading about is uh, toxoplasmosis. People, people check out. Check it out. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of that before? Is yeah, it- I've heard that word. What is it? All right. Toxoplasmosis is. Uh, Essentially, it's a it's a parasite that lives in cat feces. It prefers to live in cat intestines, and then ends up uh, mice end up being attracted to it. And when they eat the cat feces or they get get the cat get the parasite into them, it brainwashes them, causes them to go back to the cat. So they become fearless of cats. And they're literally, you can look up uh, videos of it, look up toxoplasmosis, uh, you know, cat, mouse, whatever, and you'll see these crazy mice, and they're like jumping <laughs> at cats, like, come on! <laughs> you know, like, oh, that's hilarious. It's amazing. I and love what, it. And what they find is that, uh, for one thing, it makes people, it potentially makes people a little bit more sporty and more aggressive, and also a yeah. higher incidence of folks that are in like high speed collisions, motorcycle accidents, so what have you, um, tend to have. Uh, that parasite. So, and but that's that's poten- really that's potentially a little wishy washy. But look it up yourself and just kind yeah, of well. take your own opinion for it. Anyway, how do people find you? And how do I? I think your videos are fantastic. I think uh, get your move out. I think your, your your videos are cool. It's it's it's. Uh, I've been paying attention to your stuff for a long time since I went to massage school years ago. So, thanks. And um, yeah, how people get in contact with you? See your stuff. Uh. uh... I think probably the best way is just, um, I'm not, I don't know, I don't know how to get in contact with me. Freedom from Pain Institute, it's best to call 800 709 5054. You know, online, I'm, uh, you know, I do a lot of Facebook stuff. I love the research. You know, Facebook's been a, been a really great for me as far as research. I, I, you know, get on all of the different uh, blogs, follow all those things, and get some of the information real quickly, palatable stuff real quickly, and get right. to get to the, the paper. So, you know, you can catch me on online with all my followers. I post a lot of stuff there. And, uh, you know, I'm teaching in June in Oklahoma City, a big workshop we did. This is my fourth year there, and we'll put 150 people in the workshop, and it's a blast. We're a, 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 ABMP. Um, uh, Associated Bodywork and Massage Professionals, which is Massage and Bodywork Magazine, they're filming it this 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 year, Sweet. and uh, three days, and then we're going to make it into an eight-hour, or they're going to make it into an eight-hour uh, podcast. Oh, cool! Yeah, and so that's coming up, and then of course I teach Costa Rica at the end of uh, thanks the week after Thanksgiving, a retreat for a week, and then I have eight teachers that uh, teach around. Paul Kelly's my senior instructor, been with me for. Now I've been with me for 15 years and and uh, just got a bunch of really great teachers out there teaching and I'm kind of uh, not doing that anymore. Okay. You're not you're not teaching so much anymore. I, I teach twice a year and that's that's all I'll ever do from oh. now on. I, I I don't I don't really love it. I mean I I love it the moment it starts, but I don't like all the preparation or the flying or any of that stuff anymore. You know. It's just the evolution, man. Like, it's 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 funny how that works. Where the things that I love at one point. Here, like, it would be yeah, like that I, would be the best thing in the world. Then you do it for a few years, like okay, what's what's next? Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Now twenty years of twenty years on the road did it for me. Two thousand twelve was the last thing we did. Uh, eighteen, I did uh, eighteen shows, whatever, uh, in uh, two thousand twelve, and that was just ridiculous. But wow. anyway, no, I'd rather just do what I'm getting ready to do when we get off here, and that's hike through our seven acres uh, orchard and pick stuff and come up and <laughs> chow down. Nice, I love it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure getting to chat with you, and uh, I'm sure I will see you sooner than later. Likely, yeah. Costa Rica. I'm, 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 I'm down to come out to Central America. 
So You're a great guy, man. Thank Thanks. you for inviting me, okay? Yeah, thank you, brother. Bye. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist, a massage therapist, all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.